Sub Connection. It's Friday. You know what that means. It's time for the AEW podcast. You know what that means. I am your co-host, Jordan Duncan. Uh, as always, I'm recording live from my, uh, my my office, my home office here in uh, Metro Detroit, Michigan. But my co-host is on the move tonight. He's very happy about a hot air balloon that he just bought. High in the sky, it's Mr. Andrew Reich. Andrew, how are you, man? Hey, how you doing? So I was I was just going I, I ventured out in the um in the uh west area and uh can't can't tell you the exact area. But uh I was just playing with my oversized drone and um all of a sudden CNN was taking pictures of it. Oh. Very strange. That's weird. You know, you've been flying around in that balloon for a while. I haven't really been following the news. Let me Google real quick. Oh. <laughs> oh my Andrew, okay. we might have caused a little bit of a ruckus. <laughs> okay, before before I deep dive into my my theory, uh, first of all, anytime somebody asks me, "Do you believe in aliens?" I always say no. I don't believe in aliens. Oh, okay. Um, I also don't believe in ghosts. I believe in spirits. I believe the, in the soul, this soul okay. that the soul leaves the body, but I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in aliens. I do believe in UFOs. Oh, how do you not believe in aliens if you believe in? UFOs are unidentified flying objects. Right. I I believe that there are there is such a thing. Doesn't mean it's an alien. So I don't want to like argue with you right off the bat, right off the bat. <laughs> but if you don't believe in aliens, how do you explain Max Moon? <laughs> <laughs> how do you explain uh, JBL getting over? Yeah, I mean, true. there's illegal aliens, that's uh, but true. Uh, that's true. <laughs> but so. We're talking about the spy balloons, yeah, and, and uh, the one that got shot down, and then these other ones that somehow got shot in Alaska and Canada, and nobody knows what they look like. Sarah Palin, I think did one it, was I think. like right yep. by your area, right? Yeah, uh, Lake Huron, which is uh, my mom lives. I mean, she she's vacations in Nevada in the winter, but uh, her home is right on Lake Huron, so there might be a balloon like covering her roof right now. We don't even know. It's very weird. I mean, <laughs> I mean, all you got to do is look up. Um, but, so, this is my theory, okay? So, uh, Dynamite was in El Paso, uh, and then not a lot, not too far around the same area, Raw was at Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now, listen, we know that they've said it's in Michigan, and they said it's in Alaska. Yeah. But I have it on good authority that it was in, uh, in the New Mexico area where this happened. Roswell. You want to know what I think it is? I have... I have some video evidence of this, is that of one of the spy balloons, and I actually got exclusive footage of the real shot of the balloon, and it says World Wrestling Federation on it. Vince McMahon put out one of the old WWF blimps the and Turner used blimp. it to spy on AEW to see what they're doing. The and I have blimp. to tell you now, Vince McMahon has to, st he must be stopped. I know he has been incognito, but he must be stopped. Listen. It's gotten out of control. Man, I heard, I've heard the rumors about contract tampering. This is a whole new level. <laughs> he's, he's, sending, he's, spending, he's sending the Turner blimp to spy on, on Danhausen and Sutton. I had no, for real, I had no idea WWF put out a blimp one time. No clue at all. I do remember the Stridex blimp that they used to like put in the arena. Yeah, and they used to have it go around. Yeah. I remember that. You never hear about the Goodyear blimp anymore. Like, no, you don't. It's funny. I was on Twitter and I saw someone posting something about about the Chinese spy balloon or whatever it is. And yeah, uh, some 
because a person was like, uh, how could they even get a balloon that high in the sky? How could something just float in the air like that? It's wrote, called altitude. Somebody wrote back and said, have you never heard of a blimp? <laughs> <laughs> like, blimps have been around forever, man. Jesus Christ. Oh. Wasn't there a movie, like a classic movie, called Around the World in 80 Days, yeah. and they all go in a hot air balloon? Right. Like, right. you never saw that as a kid? You never saw Big Top Pee Wee? Would you, would you go in a hot air balloon ride? I, that would freak me Absolutely out. Absolutely not. I am afraid of heights. Well, I'm not, a big, I'm not, bad scaredy cat. I'm not super afraid of heights, but I am afraid of being very high off the ground in a basket made of wicker. <laughs> <laughs> would you would you rather be in that or that rickety thing Rihanna was on for the Super Bowl halftime oh, show? Oh gosh, at... well my stomach sticks out about as far as hers does. So. <laughs> 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 she wasn't bad. She wasn't bad. No, she played the hits. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know. It's, uh... Yep, did, played the hits, did a dirty you know, Sanchez for no page apparent reason, just, just to see the censors would not the, see it. The diamond cutter, that's all. Um, but she was cool. Yeah, you know, I, I, I like the one game, where all the extras were doing the hump, the little hump, the thrust <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> that was really funny. Um, I mean, I do like the fact that like that you do these halftime shows now, and you look at them now, and you think, yeah, back when Janet Jackson didn't got yeah. in trouble, <laughs> what Janet Jackson did was tame. Compared to what they do now, and I'm totally fine with it. I mean, you go to a concert now, you know. I think Taylor Swift's uh, tour is about to start, and like millions of people are going to it. Like, dude, they do risque stuff all the time now in these performances. I think mainstream people have just accepted it now. <laughs> right, right. Oh, I mean, the people that get outraged at it, and listen, I am a Christian man who is a part of a church, so I am well-versed in the outrage um, community. Like, they were going to get mad before that halftime show even started. You right. You know what I mean? Like, they, they were just set in their minds. Like, Yeah, they wanted to play Linda Ronstadt. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, Linda Ronstadt did... I, I watched that episode of The Last of Us with the, the Linda Ronstadt song, so... Have you watched oh, the show okay. yet, or no? I, I've seen the first two episodes, but I didn't see this episode that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's the third one. It's a uh, pretty okay. moving. So I actually played the video game, too, and it's pretty true-ish to the true-ish to the game, but they, like, give some of the side characters in the video game a little bit more flesh. Like, this third episode is uh, fully dedicated to a character that's barely in the game, so... Well, you have to flesh. You have to get more flesh so that the zombies can eat them all. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Before we get into it, one one more question, Andrew. If the zombie apocalypse apocalypse came, and your only escape to safety was a hot air balloon, would you then would you then take the ride, or would you just become one of the undead? <clears throat> Is it the undead or undead or vampires or zombies? I don't know. Uh, I I believe it would be undead, okay. or like the li- the the living dead. Yes. Yeah. So would you um, would you would you risk risk mm, it all with the zombies, or would you uh, would I would your fears? would I allow my human life to end, or would I have to get in a hot air balloon? 
I would let my human life end. I am not going to live the rest of my life in a goddamn hot air balloon like Snowpiercer. <laughs> I want to come up with questions like this for you every week where you have to pose the question, would I allow my human life to end or... Or well, have to you know watch, what? Watch WrestleMania 32 on a loop for three days. Oh my! Well, if you watch WrestleMania 2 on a loop, then I mean the world would already be over. Right. But uh, right. <laughs> the world would have ended, and the whole other civilization would start again. And we're not even halfway through WrestleMania. But um, it's not that long. But yeah, <laughs> it feels it feels it like feels, that sometimes. Feels I like hate five times as long. I got to tell yeah. you, you talk about talking about shows. I feel like an attorney. I watched Raw the other day. And, um, you know what I've come to realize, you know, I, I, I dip in every now and then watching WWE, especially when WrestleMania comes around, the Royal Rumble happened, we talked about that in the last show, Yeah. and you're like, almost like, you almost watch it out of hope, you watch it like, you know, maybe there is something, maybe sure. they are, you know, the ratings are up, maybe they are catching momentum, maybe sure. the, it is, maybe the Sami Zayn thing is giving momentum to the rest of the storylines, and it's giving good energy to the company, and I am here to report back to you, Jordan, that that is absolutely false, and it's not, <laughs> the Sami, the Sami bloodline stuff is fantastic, and the rest of it is a giant box of popcorn fart, it is so bad. That's so, where, so bad. That's where the Attitude Era was very unique in the sense that, obviously, like, Steve Austin was the catalyst to get that going. It was but, collaborative. But it became a thing where every act on the show was, like, hot with the crowd. You know what I mean? Right. Like, in hindsight, a lot of it ages very, very poorly, but everybody from top to bottom was over with the crowd. and It felt like a concert. Yeah, I feel like we haven't seen that since. Even, like... I don't know, AEW, like, during its during its hot run uh, with the punk, the, the year of punk, was close, but even that had some, like, eh, some Yeah, some, some blah moments, yeah. yeah, you know, even even AEW now, which I, I think their matches have been terrific. Oh, they're like, not terrible, I yeah. thought I thought the Dynamite in El Paso, Texas, the one that had Danielson and Roosh and the Elite and uh, Top Flight and AR Fox and MJF and Takesh, I thought that show was phenomenal in the ring you know but then they had a rampage right after that that stunk you know and it, uh, they're like it's hard to keep that momentum for that long like you have to have the talent you have to have the know-how you also have to have the audience you gotta have people who are really picking up on what you're doing and they keep coming back in droves so it's sort of like it's like self-righteous like you start feeling it oh what we're doing is working let's do more of what the fans like yeah. And you don't get that sense right now with with wrestling audiences today because they're so splintered. You have no idea what's good. The one thing WWE knows is good is the Sammy Bloodline stuff. But So that means they're going to give the title to Sammy, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, no. No, no. No. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, uh, what's the geek? He's the WWE shill. Um, oh, Ryan, Ryan Satin tweeted something yes. about like uh, oh they're gonna they're gonna give fans exactly what they want a title match with Sammy in Montreal and I like quote tweeted I'm like yeah that's exactly what fans want to see the guy losing his hometown yeah <laughs> it's just what we want <laughs> just what we want pal <laughs> I mean like I don't try to hate watch it like I said I hope watch it like sure. I watch it hoping something good will happen I don't hope watch AEW. Yeah, I almost have to look for the bad things. Now the bad things are there, sure. You know, but and and some of them are not always hard to find. We'll talk about that as we talk throughout the show. But like, 
there's more good than bad. I'll just with, put it that way. I think with AEW, the grace period is over. You know, I, I think that's safe to say. Like Agreed. Uh, to where now, you, you, they had that, that newness and that freshness and that hotness where, like, even the stuff that was kind of bad, you could, like, justify it or excuse it. Now it's like, okay, you know... This this was a miss, and you need to own that it was a miss. Their their, their trust building gas can has is starting to get empty. Sure, like it's at a point where it's like, okay, you got to give us what you ask, what you promise. Perfect us. example. Uh, they've they've given up on Rampage again. Like it's, uh, yeah, fifty start and stop in Rampage. Very low rating to uh, like three hundred seventy five thousand. It was like one of the lowest ratings. I can't believe ever the Impractical Jokers didn't draw a number. <laughs> <laughs> Do you watch that without wait? Was it is one of them missing? Well, one of them left the show. Joe, he left the show. Okay. Uh, do you okay. watch it, the show? Uh, not really. I've me and my two sons, we actually watched like four episodes back to back to back to back a couple nights ago. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's a very good binging show. Uh, the older seasons, like kind of before they were famous, were much much better. It feels like now, um, I don't know. It feels a little staged now. Like my thing is like, who wouldn't recognize these guys? You know, but. Yeah, it's also hard to keep it fresh, especially when Agreed. you're missing one of the key cast members. Agreed. You know? Yeah, like the one that most people would think. Because the concept of the show, if you don't know, is like they have like you know their mic or whatever, and they have to do what the other guys tell them to do. And Joe, the one who left, would do anything. Like he was fearless. So he usually, you know, wound up doing the funniest stuff because they would just he would go above and beyond what the other guys would do. So he was the big <laughs> foley of the impractical joke. <laughs> And he lost his smile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, I think he did like go through a divorce or marital problems or something like that. But whatever. Um. Anyways, let's talk about AEW. Um, <laughs> we go ahead. Yeah, they but were on I mean, rampage, by the way. <laughs> it's been it's been decent. I mean, for sure. You know, Revolution's getting closer. Um, they're still they're going to be in the West Coast for a good while because they're going to be in um. Phoenix, Arizona, and then they're going to be in California for um, for Revolution. So the funny thing about that though is that they're going to be at um, they're going to be doing uh, the uh, the show the the Dynamite in the Cow Palace. Some people will remember that because the Cow Palace is where Super Brawl was yeah, all the time. Shows, yeah. A lot of other territorial things were there too, and it's still around. So they're going to have Dynamite there. Didn't New Japan do a Cow Palace show as well, like a couple of years I, ago? I believe so. Yeah, I also forgot Laredo, Texas, is the is the one coming up. Um, that's where Dynamite's going to be. This this yeah. uh the Dark Dynamite, Hit quote unquote, maybe. Yeah, and then uh and but also at Revolution, they're going to also be in San Francisco, but they're going to be at the Chase Center, which is where the, the Golden State Warriors play. So maybe Big Steph Curry will steal Chris Jericho's bat too. <laughs> <laughs> if he can, if he can walk there, he's got a leg injury. <laughs> hey, what do you think about what do you think about the Warriors getting Gary Payton back? Like after they just let him leave. Not only did they take back Gary Payton the second, they took him back with an injury that they didn't know he had. Yeah, right. <laughs> so they almost backed out of the deal. <laughs> yeah, kind of wild. But, but uh, yeah, they um they that was a self own right there. I would say for sure. Yeah, my son's a big Warriors fan. He was very uh, upset that they let yes, Gary but, Payton leave. Well, uh, I think you were. I th- I thought he was upset that James Wiseman is a piston now. <laughs> yeah, uh, as a piston fan, I don't know how I feel about that. I think he's got a better chance of succeeding in Detroit than in the, the Warriors. I thought I thought dealing Sadiq Bay was stupid, I but agree. that's just my opinion. Yeah. But there was 
kind of rumors and rumblings they weren't going to be able to keep him anyway, so whatever. Right, right. Um, There's always something there. But... I'm actually going to two games in the next month. I'm going to see Portland, uh, so I won't see Gary Payton. Uh, and I'm going to see Denver, uh, so I'm going to see Jokic in action. Oh, yeah, I heard of, I heard of that guy. Yeah, he's okay. <laughs> he's all right. Uh, how about this? This is kind of fun. Uh, perfect example. Uh, perfect, not example, perfect segue. Uh, if you are a first-time listener, this is episode 38, by the way, Andrew. Wow, um, we're, yeah. we're catching up with the WrestleManias. I know, right? Um, episode 38 of uh, You Know What That Means. And as always, we have what we call a dark dynamite. We tape on Tuesdays, drop on Fridays, so there's always a Wednesday night dynamite that uh, we don't talk about because it hasn't happened yet. But we still speculate, and more often than not, I feel like we get it wrong. Uh, we have mm-hmm. a pretty fleshed out card. You want me to go down the card for the Dark Dynamite and let's do sure. predictions and see how we do? Shh. Absolutely. Okay, I think we could do pretty good at this one. So, okay. uh, Brian Danielson beat uh, Roosh, and uh, that sort of led, leads to uh, the Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli are taking on Roosh and Press Advance in a Texas Tornado tag match. I think the Combat Club wins that one. What do you say? I would say, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I think there'll be blood. I think there'll be bull ropes. But, yeah. um, yeah. I mean, aren't they doing this thing where Roosh just always chokes people with an electrical cord? Or yeah, a bull something rope? like that. Like, yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, one of these four competitors is not like the others. Roosh, Claudio, Moxley, Preston Vance. <laughs> <laughs> the, who, the, uh, the Pedro Pellegroso? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't that bottled water or something? <laughs> Pellegrino. <laughs> who is a, who is a whiter, dirty dog? Uh, Preston Vance or Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode? <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like go back to the eighties. Uh, dirty dog Tony Anthony is that his name? Or I have no idea. There, there was who a that guy is. way back in the day named the Dirty Yellow Dog or something. Well, no, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> no, there was okay. So there's two. There's the Dirty Dog, and that was like some, uh, uh, Chad Campbell. If he's listening, will kill us. But Brian Pillman Sr. back in the day lost like a loser leaves town match in WCW and started wrestling under a mask as the dirty yellow dog and everyone knew it was him. There's a really hilarious guy that showed up on Dark. I haven't done my deep dive of who it is yet, but it's a masked man and his name is Gravity. Yeah, you you sent me a picture of him, I think, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, well, I mean, he never wrestles Pac because he's the man that Gravity forgot. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that should be his gimmick. Like he he should run into Pac backstage every week and introduce himself. He's like, "Where did he met?" He's like, "Oh, I forgot." <laughs> he keeps forgetting. So, that he some met people him. are thinking it's one of those like it's one of the big names that just playing a gag. Like gotcha. when Danielson was in Finito and Cody was uh, Fuego um, the second or whatever he was. Right, right. Like they think that's what's going on. Right. Uh, also on this dynamite, we've got Orange Cassidy, the acclaimed, and Daddy Ass taking on Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Sodom Singh, and Sanjay Dutt in a big eight-man team. I wonder if Jeff Jarrett will be a late scratch because his father Jerry passed away. Oh, when did that happen? I didn't hear about that. Uh, today, either oh. today or yesterday, Jerry Jarrett. Um, wow. Um, rest in peace. Okay, I did not hear about that. Okay. Yeah, I know. I, who could they throw in there? Um, Who fits Jeff that Jarrett movie? have a son? Uh, How about Karen Jarrett? <laughs> Everything's a shoot to her, baby. Kurt Angle? Do you think he'd fit? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jeff might just do it, you know, but he with could. a heavy heart. Or they could, know? like, if they pull him, they could write out Sanjay real easy and put the gun club in there with Lethal and Sotnam. 
since yeah. you claimed her on the other side, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, the the gun club, <laughs> the guns, they're freaking tag team champions. Uh, man, I don't, I don't know what to think about that. Like, <sighs> the match was fine. It was the main event yep, of Dynamite. It was fine. I think... I'm happy that Billy didn't turn on the acclaimed at least, which I they think, teased it, but it didn't happen, yeah. right? Uh, and I think it kind of feels like just a setup to have another ta- title change at the pay per view where the the acclaimed get it back. Um, I don't know. I I probably should be more upset than I am. I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever, you know. Yeah, but they're not involved in this one yet. They right. could change it, or they'll be involved in some way, of course. Yeah. What if Sotnam becomes like their new dad? <laughs> <laughs> he could he could hold the scissors up and they can't reach it. Step daddy ass. <laughs> Step daddy. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> if Tony Khan listens to the show, come they're gonna on, start baby. Come on, daddy. Tony, make it happen. We're the last two Rampage viewers. Do it for us, baby. <laughs> uh, Hangman and Pay. Oh, who's who do you think's gonna win this one? By the way, good guys or bad guys? Um, I'll go with Orange and the acclaimed and daddy ass. The, uh, Orange Cassie does not lose often. I was going to say, he doesn't lose often, and he certainly doesn't lose these big old matches like this. Um, right, right. Hangman Adam Page gets Kip Sabian. This one feels uh, pretty obvious. I could do without some Kip have you seen, um Have you seen that um, Penelope Ford's been carrying a rotary phone? Like Medusa <laughs> back in the, uh, the Dangerous Alliance? Like, yeah, she's got like an old school phone for some reason. Like a Zach Morris type phone? Yeah, like either a rotary phone or a like a like an old timey electronic phone. Yeah, something okay. like that. I don't know why. I, uh, I don't know what the point of it is. I think it's just to be weird. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Hangman Page will absolutely destroy this guy. Yeah, this could be like a two minute long match. <laughs> He's get Hangman's getting very edgy. He is not wanting to talk to Renee Paquette anymore. Yeah, and that's leading to a pay per view match. It's not announced, but we all know it's coming with uh, with uh, Moxley. Uh, Mark Briscoe versus Josh Woods. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it on the air or before we taped, uh, before we started recording, but I, this one was a surprise to me. I hadn't seen this one announced. Uh, yeah, Mark Briscoe cut a promo on Rampage, and all of a sudden, Josh Woods and, uh, smart Mark Sterling. Mark Sterling wanted to represent Mark Briscoe, and Briscoe was like, no. Okay. And so Josh got in his face, and they booked the Does match. Josh Woods have any titles in Ring of Honor right now? Is he the pure champion? <laughs> no. No, he did have the, I want to say, the pure championship, and he lost it to Wheeler Yuta okay. right when they started taking over Ring of Honor. Okay, and then Yuta lost it to uh, um, D- Garcia, Garcia, and then he won it back. He won it back. So he's the current champion right now. Right, okay. right. I believe that's the case, unless it was the TV title, which would have been Suzuki winning it off of Woods, and Joe won it off of him. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I can't. I. I. It, it all blends in. Yeah. Ring I don't know. I don't really in. know. I, I, Mark Briscoe's winning this match. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Josh Woods has got a future, but, um. Yes. Yeah, if you're if Smart Mark Sterling's on your side, you're not going to win. Right. Yeah. Uh. We got a triple threat women's match: Doctor Britt Baker versus Tony Storm versus Ruby Soho. Uh. Obviously. I'm going this, with Tony Storm. Yeah. I think Tony wins this, and maybe we get some. Uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like, uh, tension with Brit and, and Ruby. Because it feels like Ruby could easily go with Soraya and Tony Storm as, like, the WWE cast-off group. Yes. But I don't really know. I Whatever. 
Yeah, I, I just, I, I talked about it. I think on the last show. I just, I'm kind of worried about the idea of Britt Baker being a face in peril. Right. You know, it's just like I don't know if it's a great fit. Right. But that's where they're going with the storyline because they got Soraya and Tony Storm by association booked as heels. These like jerks who um, spray paint the letter L on everybody like they're losers and, you know, shit talk everyone. So, I mean, someone has to be the protagonist if Soraya is the antagonist. It's just, I don't know if Britt Baker was a great fit. Jamie Hayter is sort of that position where she's aligned with Britt Baker and their buds and such and such, and there's no hint of dissension. But Hayter's also, like, the defending champion, and she's having matches on Dynamite and, you know, being, like, a fighting champion, blah 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 So she's getting over as a babyface simply because she kicks ass, yeah. you know? And she's not anywhere near Ruby, Ruby Soho, which helps. Yeah, she did have a match with the Bunny where I want to say Bunny either got Allie, got either a concussion or an orbital bone injury. So um, uh, prayers up to her. Hopefully she's okay. Yeah. Uh, one more announced match. Uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, who has announced he wants some singles gold. Uh, taking on Brian Cage. Um, they wrestled already a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brian Cage is on a nice little run. Um, but you put in our notes, his, his contract's almost up. So it's interesting yes. that they're putting him on TV so much. Even if they are jobbing him out, like, you'd think that Tony would have no problem just letting him sit there. So, so these these contracts that they had, they, they had options on him. And his option was picked up last year when a lot of people didn't think it was going to get picked up because they weren't using him much. Right. Um, so when they picked it up, a lot of people were surprised. And th- like you said, like, they're getting to the tail end of that, that contract that finally expiring, and he's making the most of it. He's getting some opportunities. Yeah, yeah it's a match good. with uh, Willie Mack that were really good. and um, I, I loved his... the Wardlow match a, a while back. Mm-hmm. I thought his match with Danielson was okay. Yeah, it's fine. You know? Yeah. You know, so, like, he's been able to deliver in the ring when he gets the opportunity. Right. You know? Right. Uh, that's the only other announced match. I mean, they've got, like, MJF is going to cut a promo and... Um... <clears throat> Uh, excuse me, uh, Jim Ross is going to have a sit-down with Wardlow. As I look at this card, what's the main event of Dynamite here? Um, I, it, I don't think it's going to be a promo. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's going to be MJF. I mean, is it the Roosh tag? It might be because it's Moxley. Yeah. Like, none of yeah. this feels and then, like a And main then event. Hangman comes in and costs him. Yeah, none of these matches feel like a main event, though. Would you agree? No, not at all. Unless they really go balls out with the the Texas Tornado tag. Yeah. That would be the only way. Yeah, that's the only because I mean, because it is in Texas. So, that's Like, the probably... main event of the last one was the acclaimed and the guns, because it was a title match. Right. And it was a title change. Right. So, it made even more sense. Right. So... I don't know. This one feels uh, a little light for Dynamite. Uh, they've been on a tear lately, though, so I'm optimistic that at least the matches will deliver, um, that, which they've been doing a lot lately. So uh, <clears throat> Let me shoot back to the top of our notes. We talked about Brian Cage a little bit. Um, <clears throat> but we did talk about, uh, just for a second, that Jungle Boy has basically said you know, he wants to go it alone, win singles gold. Um, and so you got a question, Andrew. Uh, since there's so many teams in the tag team division, are there any other teams that we could see, you know, where uh, they could split up and somebody could uh, go solo? Like, who's in a tag team right now that you think has a promising future as a solo guy? In there's a few. I, I believe there's a few. Okay. So, um, 
some of them might be controversial because a lot of people would say, man, I love such and such as a team and breaking them up would make the singles not as strong. But I would I just think there's ample opportunity for the, some of these guys. So and listen, a lot of these people have done single stuff before and have looked impressive. But I'll just throw a few. The Butcher. Okay. I think if the Butcher was by himself, by the way, he shaved his head. Don't know if you saw that. Did not. He shaved his head, so, he so now he looks blade. like now he looks like an extra in Peaky Blinders. But um, but uh, he, I think, I, and no no disrespect to Brandon Suter, the Blade. He's a he's a perfectly fine wrestler. I just think the Butcher's got some. He's got a abilities. little bigger, a little meaner, kind of like Brody Lee, where yeah. you can or uh, well, not Brody. I'm sorry, I meant Brody King, where um. You could do some things with him and be able to mix him up with smaller guys, which they have an ample amount of in AEW. Um, the Lucha Brothers as singles would work perfectly fine. Like, if they didn't tag anymore, and it was just Penta and just Ray Phoenix, I think they would get over just fine. Yep, I agree. Yeah, And then Trent Beretta. I think Trent Beretta could do that. Yeah, more. I think Trent is almost to the point where he's woefully underused at this point. <laughs> like, He's uh, fantastic, yeah, man. He's, he's awesome. Um, and he's awesome in his role that he does now. He's totally fine. Um, gosh, like every team I think of, I feel like, oh, yeah, like uh, go to like top flight. Like Dante Martin obviously could. And for a minute he did have a singles run. Although I wouldn't say a run. Like he was usually enhancement talent. But I think right. he could get over pretty well as like a plucky Rey Mysterio type overcomes the odds, wins. Um, Brody King, who you mentioned briefly, I think uh, we've seen flashes of it. I think Brody King could absolutely be a singles monster. Um, I'm trying to think of some teams we didn't John mention. Silver? Yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe he's a single, so small, but I think, he, I think he would still have to be with the Dark Order, though. Okay. Like, just Johnny Hungy on his own feels a little... I don't know. Gimmicky. Yeah. Like... Like, uh, he would almost get, get, like, pigeonholed into that situation like Chad Gable when they started calling him Shorty G. Right. And, like, you honestly, know? like, John Silver's, like, best moments are when he gets on that fire and, like, takes out a bunch of guys. So maybe tag teams are where he belongs. Because if he's in a singles, he doesn't Good get point. to do that part, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean. Not uh, not Sean Spears? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> no. Definitely not Sean Spears. Uh, I, I Struggling to think. Oh, you know who I think would be good is J.D. Drake. Um, I, okay. I think he's a really good... Uh, I like him with Anthony Henry, though. Anthony Henry's a guy I like, too. Yeah, I, I think they're, they're a fine tag team. What's this uh, new tag team? These, like, Beverly Brothers-looking dudes. Oh, my God! That's, uh... Okay, the Outrunners. Yeah, That's, the Outrunners. Uh, <laughs> oh my God! So they are—they came from OVW. Now OVW is now associated with Impact Wrestling, I believe. And okay. they were—they were there for quite a while, and they're just old school territory guys, kind of like the Beverly Brothers, the or like even really even like Matt Menard and Angelo Parker, kind of like off of that scale where they're just over the top, but they're really dedicated. They know they have—they have—they have their craft and. They um they know how to work a match, yeah. you know. So I, I I one of them is named Truth Magnum. I know that. And I'm trying to remember the other guy's name, and I I can't. It it, it'll, like it'll, a it'll, Donald it, Trump app. <laughs> Truth Magnum. It sounds Magnum. like an NFT. Yeah. <laughs> Truth. Here they are. Truth Magnum and Turbo Floyd. Oh, hey baby, Turbo Floyd. And they're both white. <laughs> so Andrew, if you and I had to be the outrunners for Halloween, would you rather be Turbo Floyd or Truth Magnum? 
Well, one of them looks just like uh, Jesse when it was Jesse and Festus. Okay. Yeah. So I would be that guy. Okay. The the DMC. I bet you that's Turbo Floyd. <laughs> they game. actually won a match on Dark, so I think they. I, I don't know. I saw some random people win on Dark on that last one. I think that was like the tail end of the Orlando Listen, tapings, where you're like, okay, let's just throw this out. They're there. one of those weird acts that crowds are gonna start to dig. You know, if okay. they keep them on TV, like not call for like a major push or anything, but I think that they're gonna get reactions every time they're on TV. Right. From, from yeah. the Live crowds. I think they're just some like it's so weird like. Do you follow Impact or NWA that closely in the last few years? Uh, no. No. Like, okay. I, I, for, if Impact is kind of like major title changes, and that's about it. So what I've noticed is that a lot of guys that had been in uh, Impact and sort of made their name on the undercard of Impact, you see a lot of them doing jobber matches or get some shine on Dark uh, in AEW. Caleb Conley. Um, I'm trying to remember a few of the other ones that are uh, that are that are people that are, we've seen in the indies before. But long story short, a lot of really good indie guys sometimes get or, or girls sometimes get a shot in AEW to see if they look good uh, against you know against a as a jabroni you know sure. just like taking a loss. And a lot of these. Pe- I'm not trying to say that Impact is just this level way down from AEW, and those people, those people that are like getting pushes in Impact, they're they should be lucky to even grace an AEW ring. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying that it seems like there's this like s- this step or this tier where it's like, yeah. all right, this is your chance. It's like a like, cast, think, a cast system. Yeah. Do you think AEW is quote the big time? Yeah, I do. Um, okay. Like I, I think WWE. Obviously, in terms of revenue and just, like, name brand, it's still light years ahead of AEW. Like, oh, my God, I cannot believe I'm in a WWE. But, but they're brand. on yeah. TBS, man. Like, they're on a major... Like, Impact's on TV, yeah, but, like, they are on a major cable channel. Impact, yeah, like, Dynamite. if you're Kira Hogan and you get an offer to go to AEW, you're going to AEW. Ethan Page, you know, was in Impact, went to AEW. Right. Right. LA Knight, I mean, if you get offered by WWE, you got to take it. Now, if you told me that I was jobbing to Bray Wyatt in a glow-in-the-dark match, I might not do it. You know what I would <laughs> but say? But I don't think he knew that. You know what I would say if they asked me? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but, like, there's just people that you sometimes see, like, uh, all heart Blake Christian. I like him. I like him a lot. He jobs a lot, but he also gets a couple matches where he wins. Um, Juice Robinson? Yeah. Like, there's... Like, sometimes you'll just randomly see people and you're like, huh, they're not that bad. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the 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 Outrunners, um, definitely a, a team that, like, catches your eye. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I would say this. <laughs> weirdly, they're more memorable than Action Andretti already. Like, I've forgotten that that dude exists. You know, well, like because he, promo, well, because his promos are bad. Right. He beat Chris Jericho and now, like, I've forgotten everything and about. He that. got his face. He got his face lit on fire. Yeah, yeah, he got um, fired. <laughs> <laughs> he got fired. <laughs> but, but he's um, like such a generic looking dude. Like he does. Yeah, sure, he does flashy stuff. Like that does that you know? situation where you put Action Andretti with, I'll give you a random Serpentico. Mm-hmm. That would be a nice tag team. Sure. You know, but as a single, I don't know. Like the Outrunners, no, do not break them up. <laughs> No. Like it'd be like Matt Menard and Angela Parker. It doesn't work. That's why. Uh, that's why Ricky Starks beat them both pretty easily as singles. Right. Now <laughs> then he gets to Daniel Garcia. And it's like uh, not so easy. <laughs> yeah, 
<clears throat> um, weird shift of topics, Andrew, but I'm, I'm in our notes. Yes. I've waited to be on the air for you to tell me this story. Okay. You texted me that you had a wild story about the Luchasaurus mask. Yes. Let us hear what it is. All right. So the Luchasaurus mask, there is a lawsuit that is pending where there is a, an art agency that made the mask for the person who portrays Luchasaurus. Okay. And the design of the mask, they requested it to be changed when he uh, when he started wearing it on the regular on AEW, and they started doing shirts and sell, doing things with Luchasaurus on it, and they started exchanging emails where the guy who plays Luchasaurus said, "I," uh, the, they said, "We're not going to change it." So they, so it's, it, they're basically suing for copyright infringement. Okay. The agency is being represented by Keen Miller. That that law firm represented my family business. <laughs> <laughs> so, so these are you people are to serious? say that you designed the Luchasaurus mask. <laughs> <laughs> I am not that creative. No, it's a, it was so I guess it was some sort of um mask making agency, you know, Mardi Gras coming up here that, well, that is based sense. in New Orleans, like okay. some creative arts type of design thing and he was helping he asked them to make a mask for him. He made the mask and now they want a piece of it. This actually happened. I don't know if you remember this. This was music though, not a mask. Do you remember how NXT had those banger themes with like Keith Lee yeah, and that one band and Adam um, Cole and it was all from the same group or the same musical band mm-hmm. and or artists and they want the WWE wanted to take the copyright of those songs and they were like uh no they're ours yep so they forced WWE to make that forced WWE to basically say all right we got to do new songs in house for these people and the, the songs were like 20 times worse yeah. than the ones that they had. Yeah, which just they goes, were on a, you know, a run of, like, every NXT guy that debuted had a banger of a song. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm going to be it. honest. Like, I I know some people hate Jim Johnston. I have a lot I have a lot of respect for Jim Johnston and Jimmy Hart. Like, they put out awesome theme songs in-house. Oh, yeah. I mean, there is a podcast no on our it. network, uh, the North-South Connection, where um, they, they did a... A Hulkamania era song theme song draft. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So and and a new generation theme song draft as well. Okay. So. Okay. But it's it's not easy to make banger songs and only be working for one company doing wrestling themes. Like, right. And you have to write you a song to... like, "Hey, this is a giant security guard. Write a song about him." You know. <laughs> yeah, like AJ Styles. We need a big. We need an awesome theme for him. Let's get DMX. Well, right. of course he can pull out an awesome song. He's DMX, you know, but it's not, you know, it's hard to do it all the time. Like, not all of them is I'm an ass man, right. you know. Uh, how about this, Andrew? I've got uh, the No Holds Barred Federation Era theme draft results. Okay. I'm going to give you the four. You tell me which one, which uh, which crew you would rather rock with, okay? Okay. All right, so drafter number one drafted the following songs. Slicks right. theme song, Ooh, uh, which Jive is Jive Bro. Bro, Dusty yeah. Rhodes, American Dream. That's okay. Uh, the Rougeau Brothers, uh, which I'm thinking that was the, that was American very, Boys. That <laughs> yeah. was the that was very um, upbeat. Yes, this one might sway you with the basketball thing. Ricky Steamboat, which I'm thinking is uh, the Alan Parsons project, right? Yes. Well, and wait a minute. That was NWA's. I don't know what his was. Was it the same? I think I think in the Hulkamania era, I think. It was. 
I remember Hogan used to come out to Eye of the Tiger. Well, that's that's yeah. the next one on that list. It's right. Eye of the Tiger, Hogan. That's and, a great and song. And he finished it with Rick Martel, which I'm assuming is the model Rick Martel. Yeah, I would have to think so. Okay, so uh, that's the first list. Uh, drafter number two took Real American, starting off strong. Okay. Uh, Mr. Perfect. Oh, that's great. Uh, the Rockers. No. Okay. Uh, which the Rockers and the Ultimate Warrior were always sort of interchangeable for me, you know. Y- yes. Uh, Big Boss Man. Uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, which is just the bagpipes, and mm-hmm. then this is a, an interesting pick: Saturday Night Main Event uh, Obsession theme. Yes, yes, okay. that was uh, that was the place to be Nation Main Event theme for a long time. Yep. Uh, Drafter um, number three okay. went with Strike Force out the gate. Is that oh? Is that okay. girls in cars? I think so. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Legion of Doom. All right. Uh, Honky Tonk Man. All right, there's one. That's okay. Yeah, Ric Flair's WWF theme, which was like, sort of like Thus Spake Zarathustra. Pretty much, one. yeah. 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 Uh, the Bushwhackers. I'll go with thumbs down on that one. Uh, and then the British Bulldogs theme, which was... Dun, 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 dun. All right, so that's... All right, that, that one's a thumbs down. Okay. And number four, uh, Demolition. That's Ted, a great song. Yep, Ted DiBiase. I like that song too. Yep, Randy Savage. <laughs> oh, uh, the Ultimate Warrior. Okay. A uh, junkyard dog grab them cakes. Not uh, <laughs> another one bites the dust. <laughs> and Coco Beware. Mmm. Okay. I, I have a clear choice. Well, I wouldn't say clear. It's between two. For okay. me, it's between the, the first pit, first group and the last group. Uh. The last one is great. Yeah. The one with me, the one with Real American to start was really good too. Yeah, yeah. Those are mine. I think I'd go with four: Demolition, Randy Savage, Warrior, Grab Them Cakes. That's a pretty good one. That's pretty solid. We might have to do an AEW theme one at some point in the future. Yeah. But I don't know. Here's the problem: I don't know how many good ones they have, and yeah, that was the right. whole point of that whole discussion. Is that sometimes you have to go outside of your Avengers to really get like. The good creative stuff. I agree. Like the practical jokers, like taking a table spot. Right, yeah. Like, like you gotta, like sometimes you gotta allow people to do things, and if they want credit for what they did, you gotta give them their credit. Yeah, sometimes you have to think outside the box. Sometimes you have to think outside the crate, Andrew. Like, uh, future episode <laughs> where you and I are gonna be going live on camera. Uh, what? And, and ripping open some <laughs> AEW crates. <laughs> we're gonna, I, we're gonna get the worst t-shirts, dude. I just know it. <laughs> I think I'm gonna get a Thunder Rosa shirt. Well, I, I, it's it's double or nothing themed. <laughs> so we're gonna find out if I get twice as much merch as I wanted, or I would have rather had nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but um. No, it's going to happen. Uh, we have to wait for, I mean, it's a quarterly delivery, so it's something we have yeah. to wait for. Yeah, but that's, that's fine. It's, it's, it's going to be hilarious. Right, yeah. So <laughs> It's right. going to get record views yeah. on the, the No-So YouTube channel. The live unboxing of the AEW crate, you know. Uh, I kind of want my, uh, my, my camera lit like the picture in our notes of Sting opening the crate where it's like Pulp Fiction where the crate's <laughs> open and it's glowing gold. <laughs> For those who don't know, if you look at the very quick pop-up graphic while you watch an AEW, you've seen it before. Yeah. Where Sting is like, <gasps> Yeah. <laughs> Did you see, he also showed up on a, uh, to talk about Sting, he showed up on a promo on Rampage where he talked about going out in a blaze of glory. Yeah. 
So, and also, it looks like Darby is going back towards feuding with the House of Black, because he said he owed some, he owed a favor to Ortiz. So, I, I don't know what that was about, and I know Ortiz is involved with yeah. the House of Black, but he's also involved with Eddie Kingston, who... Yeah, House of Black basically were like, ha ha, we tricked you, Eddie Kingston, we win. Yes. Like, and that's basically it. So I'm, it, it, it's so dumb. It, it was really so dumb. Is. Yeah, you know, I don't understand it. Great matches, horrible care. Like they're the Bray Wyatt of AEW. Like, I don't get, I don't get the appeal. You know. Yes. Um, all right, let's talk about some other stuff. Um, talked about the dynamite to come. We've talked about the Brian Danielson Roosh match. Uh, some other rampage. Rampage has a couple matches. Yeah, for sure. I was gonna say some matches to watch from the past couple weeks. Uh, the last two weeks. Uh, Moxley and Hangman had a banger of a match. Uh, yes. That Moxley uh, won on like the little cradle pin, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was a really good match because it's pretty rare nowadays where you watch a match and you're like, I don't know who's gonna win. Like I did not know which way they were gonna go. I didn't know if we were gonna get a full heel turn from Hangman. I didn't know if he was gonna decimate him like Punk style with Moxley and Punk on Dynamite. I really didn't know where they were gonna go. And uh, they just beat the crap out of each other, and Moxley stuck it out, basically. And Moxley bled again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the sky um, is blue, and there's balloons in the <laughs> over Lake Huron. But no, a lot of good fighting spirit stuff. Um, a lot. I mean, Hangman going over the edge a couple times, where it was like, he was just, he wanted to win. Mm. Also, because it was in Dayton, Ohio, you know, Moxley's from Cincinnati, Heyman got booed pretty mercilessly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, but you could tell with the aftermath and how they were breaking him up and everything that, and with the, with the roll up, like, it's not over. Right. You know? And they haven't touched yet. We'll see on this upcoming Dynamite what happens, but I got a feeling Revolution's going to be the blow. I was just thinking that. Like, Revolution is currently one announced match, but there's a few matches we can make an educated guess on, and I think we'll see something there. Do we, do much, we get a yeah. gimmick? Um, just a brawl? Yeah, I wonder. Mm. But I don't know what it could you know, be. It's in California. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say a Texas death match, but I don't know if that would work. Yeah. You know, well, and that that's kind of what Mox. You know what? I got it. Dynamite. I got yeah. it. A lights out match. Okay, there you go. <laughs> because they both got their lights knocked out, or. You know, when your lights are out, it's really dark, like pitch black. Mountain Dew pitch black. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you, if John Moxley and Hangman Page did that Mountain Dew uh, pitch black, they'd make it great. Yeah, because Moxley's blood would be like in the the black light all over. Um, He'd be bleeding black. Right. Speaking of blood, I think the best match of the past two weeks was uh, Joe winning back the TNT championship over Darby Allin. Just an insane violent, violent match where Darby comes to the ring wearing his jacket covered in thumbtacks. Um, it, yeah, it starts hot yeah. where Darby's like, I ain't fucking around tonight. Yeah. And he starts to really give it to Joe first. I think Joe didn't bleed. I think he accidentally got cut open. Mm, okay. Um, this, I, this oh, I, I remember what way. happened. He threw something. He threw something at um, Darby threw something at Joe and I think it got him. Yeah. Like or oh he did a dive when he was trying to get the table, and when the table hit Joe, it cut him open gotcha. and it sliced him up good. Yeah, um, that match. I I didn't think Joe was going to win the title back. 
Uh, are you okay with Darby just having like a short, tiny little reign? Or, like, you fine with the little hot shot or, or what? Um, I'm okay with it because it sort of speaks. To, I, I thought he'd have it a lot longer than that. But I did too. Yeah. It also speaks to Darby's. Um, his approach as a character is like he um, he's a risk taker. Yep. He's also he also is always open for a challenge, and he would rather burn out than fade away. Yeah. So yeah, the idea that he got caught uh, by Joe when he was kicking his ass is is and and slip like that kind of makes sense. Also, Joe being a double champion again, he gets to feud with Warlow. TV, with, yeah. With Warlow uh, Saiyan's ponytail. Um, you know, so that, that was the post-match part of that, but, um, the match itself was pretty sick. It was yeah, a no-hold-hard match. I think it's done a great job of rehabbing Joe, because, I mean, I've been really critical of Joe's entire AEW run, honestly, um, but these matches mm-hmm. with Darby, like, makes you forget, I mean, he's been here, what, a year at this point? It made Joe look strong. Yeah, yeah, he's really You know, really and good. there wasn't a lot of matches before that that made him look strong. This one did. Yeah, he looked really good. Yeah. Uh, and I think the Wardlow match could be good. I don't think it'll get to that level, um, just because Wardlow can't do what Darby can do. But it could be a really good, strong Hoss match. No, but I like the intensity Wardlow brought. Like he immediately, like he immediately started just beating the piss out of the security guard. So yeah, he needs I wonder what kind too, of so right. I wonder what kind of intensity he'll bring to that sit down kayfabe interview with Jim Ross. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> He gives Jim Ross a symphony power <laughs> Maybe he sets him on fire like Kane did. <laughs> the, the, you just reminded me, the, the one of the funniest things ever. You remember when Steve Austin was trying to find out where they were? And you could hear JR going, God, no, no! And you could tell it was a mannequin being set on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no! So, <laughs> oh, my God. No, I don't think... Warlow is gonna power on good old Jr. But <laughs> but um no I, I definitely something's coming with between Joe as the TNT champion and Warlow having lost it to him and trying to get it back especially and after that's probably another Revolution match it just has yet to be announced. maybe and I don't think Darby's gonna be wedged in it could it's possible yeah but I don't think it would it could be, be like a Darby kind of like similar to when Brian Danielson fought Big Show A and Mark Henry for the title like in that triple you know yeah. Like, or or Brian Danielson when he fought Triple H and Batista and Randy Orton. Oh, and the time that Daniel Bryan wrestled Edge and Roman Reigns. <laughs> hey, if anyone knows how to get into a three-way, it's Daniel Bryan. Right. And, and triple threat matches, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but, but I really did enjoy the feud. Even if, it's, even if it ends there with the blow-off with the no-holds-barred match sure. on the Dark Dynamite we had last time. That match was fantastic. I, um, like, yep. The one thing I didn't like, and it's not Darby's fault, taking apart the ring is very hard to do by yourself. Mm-hmm. So when he had to stretch for time to try to get the gears off so he could strip the mat, I felt bad for him because that's not easy to do. Yeah. yeah. You know, and he's smaller, so it's not like he can just rip it off like Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. you know. Um, gosh, what other matches do we need to see? Uh, the, the Elite versus uh, Top Flight and AR Fox is... Exactly what you'd expect it to be. Um, if you yeah, it, style, those were not match, those were not spy yeah. balloons. Those were not spy balloons. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was Kenny Omega and Ar Fox. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> Martin up in the sky. They were fly- they were all over the place. Legit. Yeah, that was a great, great match. And uh, like, I'm so happy for Ar Fox. Like, you know, he's a guy like I never would have pegged. Like, oh, AEW needs to bring him in. You know what I mean? Like, 
I am curious if they run it back because remember, Kenny beat. First of all, I don't know if you caught it because things are going wackadoodle for the for the entirety of the match. It was like 15 minutes long, but there's about a stretch for about two minutes where it's just Ar Fox and Kenny Omega, and to finish, and they had some really good stuff. Like he almost rolled him up out of the one-winged angel and stuff, and Kenny got him with a crucifix pin, so it was kind of fluky. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if they're going to rematch. Yeah, and Top Flight beat the Bucks, so maybe, you know? Yes. Like, so and Top Flight's got the win, and the Elite barely escaped with a win, so... Top Flight's getting to a level where it's like, they can they can do awesome stuff with their eyes closed. Yeah. It's so... Yeah. Um, one more match, and then I want to go back to the Bucks for a second because of uh, okay. something I listened to. Uh, I think uh, MJF and Takesha is worth a look. Um, interesting little mini feud for MJF on the road to Danielson. Uh, there was a really bad moment that I, I didn't notice it on television, but then on Twitter I saw it. Like It was really bad camera work where you just see the ref go into his pocket, pull the blade out, and hand it to Takesha. I'll have to send it to oh. you. Oh. I didn't even see that. I didn't see I, it, but then I thought when they you were. When I, I thought it. you were going to say the one where MGF clearly called the spot when he was swinging him to the next turnbuckle. Mm, okay, yeah, because I, I saw that too. Uh, and and then you know, of course, that's when MGF attacks him after after he already wins the match. Bust him open, yeah. yeah bust him open. So like, I I didn't catch it in the moment, but then I saw it on Twitter. I'm like, ooh, that's pretty bad. <laughs> Like, you can see the ref put his hand in his pocket, go to Takeshita, grab his hand, put his hand in Takeshita's hand, and move away. It's like, wow. That was, it, it had to be Rick Knox. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I'm not sure who it was, but but the match itself was, was fine. Um, I don't think that they're just building Takeshita just to feed him to MJF. I think they got bigger plans for him down the road. There's something going on there, yeah. but, I mean, it's it's great stuff. Like, MJF also was able to show some goods, like, he in the ring. Like, like he tries to do the lariat off the top rope, and he lands on his feet. And they kind of go into a transition there with some really neat stuff. Um, he beats him with the armbar submission, the salt of the earth. Yep. So, MJF comes out looking strong. Craig's and really I, high, I, too. Yeah, I mean, it was... It was a very good match. And, I mean, Takeshita is just one of these guys where it's hard to have a bad ba match against this guy. Sure. I watched him on Dark against, like, he wrestled this guy who is a bodybuilder and played in the NFL, EJ Naduka. And he's he's probably green as green as you can be. Takeshita easily can have a good match against this guy. Like, okay. his, broomstick, his broomstick rating right now is, it's getting up there. It's not Flair or Sean, but, like, or Brett, but... It's getting close. Like, Takesha's really good, too. Did, did <laughs> like, you hear Flair crap on Takesha a little bit? No, I didn't. I didn't. Um, on his podcast, he's basically saying his chops were weak. And, uh, Says Ric Flair. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like it was just Ric Flair being old man yells at Cloud or Balloon. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, who has the strongest chops? I mean, would it be Kobashi? Like, yeah, you right? like, be... <laughs> like, how strong do you need him to be? Like, draw blood. Oh, I know who it is. It's Ishii. Ishii literally turned Jericho's, like, chest into, like, raspberry. Maybe, maybe Gunther. <laughs> yeah. Like... Gunther. Yeah, yes. Gunther. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, let's go back to the Bucks, because I want to talk about another podcast. And you had said you hadn't listened to it. Um, I have not listened to any episodes of the Dax Harwood podcast, the FDR pod. Uh, I don't know what the it's, name it's of it is. It's part of Bad Free Shows, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, but Dax basically talks... And he hyped up an episode where he was going to talk about their match with the Young Bucks at, I think it was Revolution. Full Gear 20. Full Gear? Well, yeah. Full Gear 2020 yeah. in, in Daly's Place. Uh, full disclosure, it's like a three-hour long podcast. Um, 
Jesus. Yeah, I can't say I'd recommend it. That's longer it. than Full Gear. Yeah, I can't say I'd recommend <laughs> it because it's really, really long. And I, I didn't, like, carve out time to listen to it. In fact, what it was was I was having trouble sleeping one night. And I'm like, I didn't want to wake my wife up. So I'm like, well, uh, let me just put an AirPod in and play a podcast. You know you know, you know what I do when, I'm, when I need to go to sleep? Hmm. And it worked twice. I put on NXT Vengeance Day. <laughs> I swear to God, Jordan, I'm not lying. I saw the first match, which was a great match between Wesley and who was part of the Radicals and um, and Donovan Dijak, if you remember him. Oh, yeah, I heard, I heard that was a really good match. They had a really good match, the first match. The next one is like a women's tag, and I fell asleep on two separate occasions <laughs> trying to watch this show. So, yeah, but I, I know Insomnia can definitely make us watch some weird shit. <laughs> so, I mean, a lot of people were like, really like, oh, what's he going to talk about? Is he going to bury the Bucks? Is he going to bury Tony Khan? And this is the first podcast of his that I've listened to. And he's very much in a place where he makes it clear they're not going to be wrestling until their contract's up. And then they're going to decide when they're going to go, which I think everyone knew anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has very positive things to say about Tony Khan. If anything, he's really negative on himself. And he talks about how he was in, like, a bad place mentally, like, with with anxiety and depression and stuff. Yes. Yeah, um, he's talked about that before. And he does talk about how he felt like they weren't booked correctly and they were overlooked and stuff. But he kind of pins that on himself rather than Tony Khan. Like, he's like, you know, now I've had the time to reflect and say, you know what, like, that's Tony. He's the boss. He can do what he wants. Long story short, um, he praises the Bucks quite a bit as wrestlers. But two things that I thought were very interesting is, one, uh, there was a listener question asking, you know, is their hatred for the Bucks real? And he refuses to answer. And he says, I'm not going to answer because, and I think this is really, really uh, profound. He goes, there's very few things in wrestling that still have people wondering if it's real or not. And our situation with the Bucks is one of those things. So if I tell you, I really like them or I really hate them, then you're never going to wonder again, and I'd rather fans always wonder. Which I thought was like, oh, that's a really good answer. <laughs> you that's know? A, that, that is a tremendous kayfabe answer. Right, it is. So he's that's, like, that is a good business decision. Yeah, so like, Some people say, oh, he's burying them. No, he's doing business. Yep. Like, the yeah, the people doing. who think he hates the Bucks are going to be convinced, see, we knew we hate him. And the people who think he's just like right. best pals with the Bucks and it's all work, I could be like, see, I knew it. You know, it's such to a piggyback good that part because we know where that underlying is from. Oh, he's going to team with Punk, and they're going to come back and face the elite. Right. Um, Meltzer doubled down on this again. Uh, he reiterated this that he made a report that the that Punk has not mended with with the company's top people at all. So I don't know if he's doubling down and he's just dead wrong. After that story came out that that Punk was in L.A. to try to patch things up, mm-hmm. and he's saying that's not true and never happened, or there really is like legitimate tension. I don't know. Yeah. So I think to add to what you just said, he, another question that he's asked is, what are some dream matches he'd like to have in the next year? And I, again, he could be. This could be a red herring, but it just feels like they're going to sign with WWE, dude. <laughs> Okay. His dream matches are uh, a singles match against Gunther, uh, FTR versus the Usos, 
<laughs> so right away I'm like, hmm, well, those aren't happening on Dynamite. <laughs> uh, he did have a couple. Like, he had no dream matches with AEW guys. I can't think okay. of the other ones. Um, to be fair, he's wrestled quite a few of the AEW people. Sure. Yeah, he's I can't think of too many yet. Too, <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh, yeah, they were literally doing comedy bits where they were shaving each other's backs. Right, exactly. I cannot think of who the other ones were. Um, it, there there were some non-WWE answers, but, like, I think he mentioned Ishii, like a three-match against Ishii, which I'm like, oh, I would not have pegged that one. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I just came out of it thinking, okay, this guy's a really savvy businessman. Uh, Tony Khan is not as inept as people say, and he's also leaving AEW when his contract's up. <laughs> so. Yeah, a- April is near. Yeah, I mean that—that's the rumor that that's the date that the contract would expire. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean maybe he's just playing all sides, and sure. if you're in negotiations, that is what you do. You right. have to do something like that in order to get the highest value for your next contract, no matter which one you're going to ultimately sign with. Maybe he'll just change his mind. And it's and always tough to take wrestlers at their word because they're wrestlers. You know, they're it's a carny business still to this day. Right. You know, they're always working. Like he said something like, oh, the ne- whatever contract we do next, it's going to be and, our last contract ever. And you wonder Cash ever. Wheeler agrees. Right. You know? Right. Like yeah. if that's what he wants to do too. But it's funny how he said, like, our next contract will be our last contract. And, you know, like essentially basically saying that they're going to hang up the boots. And I'm like, these guys have only been around, like, in the spotlight for, like, eight, nine years at this point. Like, that feels like nothing. Dolph Ziggler's been around for 20 years at this point. Pretty know, much. So. Yeah. But, yeah. I just thought that was really interesting. The, the difference is, wherever they go, they're going to be higher on the card than the Dolph, Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that, that's, that's the goal of every contract for every agent. <laughs> at least you're doing better than Dolph yeah, Ziggler. The Dolph line. The Cody line has been replaced by the Dolph line. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Cody line got too dang high for some And l- let me be clear. I... I don't dislike Dolph Ziggler. Sure. He's a perfectly average wrestler. Yeah, I think he's an average guy that got overhyped. Brian Emeth is a perfectly below average wrestler. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, it, but no, that's interesting. You know, like I think the Bucks might have their detractors, and they still probably do within that company. Sure. You know, there was also a pretty infamous quote that came out where Cody Rhodes was interviewed by Ariel Wani. And he said what exactly what I had said six months ago when All Out Brawl Out happened, which was, and I, you can remember me when I said this, that I don't think Cody was happy at all with any of that. I don't think he was sitting there laughing, as, laughing at right. his house. Ah, look at these morons are ruining the company I created. Sucks for them. He was, he was not happy at all about it. Right, you know, and he made a point about how, like, they had the camaraderie for all in, and like, and he he didn't point out Punk, but you could tell, you could read between the lines that he was saying once that camaraderie is gone, once that once that camaraderie is gone, it's you, it's hard to get it back. So he was basically talking about the idea that, like, the togetherness and the collaborative nature of AEW that made it great when he was there had yeah. had gotten splintered. And I don't know if the Bucks hold a grudge necessarily about how everything happened. They did get suspended. You know, they got their titles stripped. They wound up winning them back, kayfabe. But, like, you know, Jordan, like, it's hard to tell. Like you said, it's a carny business with pro wrestlers. I'm sure there's ill will. I'm sure there's, like, something in the back of Nick and Matt's mind that just says, 
man, if I could just fucking stick it to Tony Khan for doing that to me, I'd do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> if it weren't for the money. Yeah. You know? Uh, let's talk about some other things that are for the money. Um, one of the big big news items is that AEW's hitting the road, Andrew. Uh, not just what? for TV. Yeah. Yeah. The the house show circuit is ready to begin. Yes, they, they got a tour name already. It's called House Rules. And the first one is going to be, I believe, March 18th. Oh, and it's in, okay. you can help me with this. It's in Troy, Ohio. Not Troy, Florida. Troy, Ohio. There's also Troy, Troy, Michigan, too. I do not know where that is. Let me Google it real quick. <laughs> Let's see how far it is from me. me <laughs> so that you cannot go to it. Yeah, let me open up Google Maps. Now, Troy, let me Ohio. be clear. This is not the first house show that they've done. They did one... Um, in Daly's place during quarantine. Oh, it's less than three hours from me. Oh, wow. Okay. You could probably make it. Yeah. What big city is it by? Oh, Watch it's by Dayton. Okay, yeah, all right. Watch the main event be uh, the Butcher versus Darby Allen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the battle for Troy. Uh, but um, okay. the thing is, like, I, I, I am curious to see what they do. Um, I always felt, personally... People would say, like, what happened with TNA? Why did TNA go under? Or, like, why didn't it get off to where it had to get to? My opinion is this. They did not go on the road when they could have. Mm -hmm. They should have done more road shows, but they stayed in that impact zone. I think it hurt them. Now, AEW's been doing road, quote, road shows from the outset, you know, traveling the country for dynamite. Sure. So I'm kind of curious to see what the turnouts would be. Some house shows for WWE do not do well. They right. get like 3,000 people, yep. and it's WWE. So you can expect some of these house shows getting not too many people. But when TNA finally went on the road in like 2011 or 2012, they couldn't get anybody. I remember they had a baseball stadium house show, and they barely got anybody to show up. Yeah, and that was like partnered with a game itself, right? Right, right. And so I wonder how they do it. I'm sure they're going to get a big spark early on simply because it's the first house shows. It's the first live events. Yeah. You don't know what to expect. But once people figure out like the routine of what they do, maybe it'll lose its luster and the crowds will go down and dwindle. But I am, I do think the roster is big enough that they can do this. Yeah, I, I know that for a fact. So I'm kind of looking, uh, and yeah. it looks like it's kind of few and far between as well. Mm -hmm. um, like, for example, like it's the only house show in March. Okay. Uh, I will say this. Oh, gosh. Andrew. Uh-oh. Andrew. Okay, so they're in, in House Rules March 18th. Then we've got Dynamite and Rampage, Dynamite and Rampage, Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, March 31st. Friday, April 7th, Andrew, in Kingston, Rhode Island, All Elite Wrestling, taping Rampage <laughs> and Battle of the Belts. <laughs> Come on, man. They're doing it to a point where Battle of the Belts has been airing Right after Rampage, so you get two live shows. Yeah. I will say, the one in Portland actually worked out well, because I really loved that Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal yeah. acclaim match. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> but but, but it's, few, it's so few and far between with, with Battle of the Belts. Most of them are a miss. Uh, it's the first time they've been in Kingston, and it's also it was also the first time they were in Portland when they did that, so they kind of had a hot crowd. I. You know, maybe JT Rosero yeah. can give me some tips on how hot the Kingston home, t the, the Kingston scene is. Right. So, <laughs> who, who do you think is more likely to be there, Kofi or Eddie? <laughs> <laughs> which, which Kingston will we see? 
<laughs> I'm trying to remember if there's any other Kingstons in the in the world that I know of, but yeah, uh, uh, I don't, I don't think it'd be I don't, it, it won't be uh, it won't be Kofi. He'll be yeah. too busy uh, messing up spots in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, right. but but uh, yeah, they haven't announced one after this. I'm yeah, sure. Just the what? Is this Jeff Jarrett? Jeff Jarrett was kind of put in development with this. Yeah. So you know, good on him. Uh, tickets are going to start at twenty dollars plus fees, uh, yeah. and they don't even they they're already. Uh, and they're already on sale, so I mean, it's it's something there where they're gonna just try it out. I, I'm kind of curious to see where they go. Like, so, it's in Troy. However, you mentioned they're in Winnipeg before that. They're in Missouri after that. So it's kind of like, what yeah, the fuck? So like, are like, they getting like a B show? You know what I mean? Like, like is this, Troy gonna get so like, like the the cast? Yeah, we see this too. Yeah, we see this too with um WWE sometimes. Like, like they have a they, they're having a a stretch where they do an international tour for one and a local tour for another. So they have one show where they're in Paris, France, and they have another show when they're in Beaumont, Texas. Right, right. So, like, and we talked we talked in the past about how when WWF was really on fire in the late 80s, they had three legs of shows at, on the same night. Yeah, so you, you had, had, the, you had the Hogan show, you had the Honky Tonk show, and you had, the, like, the... The demolition show, you know? And they all did different cities. They hit them all up. And when Raw and SmackDown split up, they did that too. Um, yep. They don't do that anymore. Um, but And also, house shows can be fun because you can cut up. Yeah, I think an AEW house show would, would be a lot of fun. You know? Yeah. Right. Um, because they got a lot of guys who have been are coming right from the indies. Like, Danhausen might be, like, one of the biggest house show draws that they have. You know, right. like I would imagine Danhausen is on that first show because, again, he's a Michigan guy. Um, he, I saw a thing that he's like their top merch seller. Did you see that? No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, part of it's because the guy's hustles like his butt off, but like he's like a top merch seller. Dan. He made me. He made me laugh because he's doing this thing where since he got hit with the Golden yeah, Globe, he's like, forgetting things. Almost. Yeah. So he called Lee Moriarty Lee Mortuary. Lee <laughs> <laughs> Made me laugh. He he always makes me laugh, but um, but the thing for like yeah, Dan House would get over, but what if like all of a sudden Josh Woods got over, right? And he started having banger matches if they gave him fifteen minutes with this guy and that guy, yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden you realize you got something, yeah. You know, I mean they've got so many guys that aren't doing anything. Mm-hmm. Why not get them on the road? You know, right? Yeah. Like and and they're used to this. Like they've done the indie scene. They've done they've done not house shows, but feels like house shows. The yeah, the right. thing that I wonder is that a lot of these. I wonder if the house shows on the AW scale will still be greater and will be higher in scale and more significant than even like an Impact taping, an NWA taping. Um, a women, uh, a women's wrestling federation type of thing where it's like, yeah, we could get some money to do something that might get on the I pay per view, but you're gonna get a smaller check to do an AEW house show, but you're gonna get eyeballs because if pe- if you have a good match in AEW, people will remember that. And also, it's not, it's I would have to assume these house shows are not gonna be taped. Yeah. So. If you have a good match, it's kind of like that whole myth that gets built. Oh man, this match was so great, you know. But you can't. But the reason why people say it's great is because no one can find it. So you know? what you're trying to say, Andrew? Who's going to be the Tom McGee of AEW? <laughs> <laughs> I always like. I still remember this story about how um, 
Bret Hart said he had his favorite, the best match he ever had with Kurt Henning was in Alaska. <laughs> it's like, wow. of course, the one where no one can find the tape. Yeah, really. <laughs> the one that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, well, speaking of Tom McGee, yeah, that's the, right. they found that one a long, long time after. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm curious to see where they go with it. I just, I wonder what little bit of money they revenue they can squeeze out of it. A lot of people call house shows and live live shows a mar- uh, market of, in wrestling a money loser. Um, that's why WWE doesn't do as many as they used to. They just they they kind of made out that it was a money loser. But if AEW does sort of a bare bones thing like ECW used to in the late nineties, I think they could. I think they could do something really interesting and something that. Um, Something that fans would actually want to go back to. Like, if they did a show in New Orleans, I would go. Oh, same here. Like, Troy's a yeah. little far from me, but if they do a house show in Michigan, I'll hit it up. I went to an NXT house show in 2016, and it was Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa versus The Revival, and it was fucking great. I went to, uh, the, uh, yeah, I, went, I took my boys to Cleveland, and we saw mm-hmm. Finn Balor and Apollo Crews teamed up against Samoa Joe. And Bobby Roode? Maybe. I think so. Okay. Oscar was still there at the time. Mm-hmm. The Vaude Villains were there. So, uh, I'm trying to think of what year I that saw Oni Lorkin. I saw Oni Lorkin beat Buddy Murphy with, uh, with a, uh, a headlock. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Um, okay. I get, but they had other they had other random things. I, I saw Ember Moon for the first time before she was even... I remember Sophia Deville was called Daria. <laughs> like the MTV like, show, like the MTV show. So, like, but that's the thing. House shows—they're forget—they're forgettable, unless you had that one match that everybody loved, and they can always say, "I saw it, and no one else did." Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's the appeal. Uh, Andrew, I'll I'll defer to you. Uh, do you want to talk about the the rumor of streaming or no? Sure. Okay. I mean, it depends on. I don't know how far it can really go because it seemed like the rumor got killed really yeah, fast. There's not a lot to say about it, but it's mm-hmm. news. Yes, you know. Um, but essentially, like uh, a, sort of a a quote from Tony Khan came out that made people think that there was like a streaming deal kind of lined up. And there, almost. there was also an um a, 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 a like a long form article with. Um, what it was a New York um it was a New York yeah, magazine where they put like Tony Khan's face over that like muscular body. And Dude, stuff. he looked like Tom McGee. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was the ugliest superimposed picture I've ever seen. It's horrible. <laughs> like Tony Khan is coming after the WWE. <laughs> yeah, right. Like hey, he looked like Otis walking to the Royal Rumble. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's basically just just a blip that. Uh, people thought there was some streaming news coming. Uh, it doesn't seem to be anything, but I still think that that's going to happen eventually. Like that's that was the purpose of the Ring of Honor purchase. I, I think more I than think, I think the ultimate goal for every media company now is over the top coverage. Yep. Like I think it's the thing that you want. You know, I I literally just Constant decided. Content. Yep. I mean, yeah, like you know, people are retiring. Tom Brady retired. Uh, there's other there's other people who might be uh, hanging it up. I have official. I officially, sadly, had to announce my retirement from buying physical media <laughs> because I realized that, like, because I love DVDs. I don't play video games much, uh, but like buying DVDs or Blu-rays is 
you know, I sound like Vince McMahon and that uh, that old PSA did. Like it's it's passe. Yeah. Like no, I, I feel like I feel like a dinosaur. Like why would I want to keep buying things with special features? Oh, look at this cute cover. So what I did is I tossed all the um, cases. I kept the artwork because you can flatten that. Yeah. You can put it in a box. I took the discs and I put, including the wrestling ones, and I put them in uh, albums mm, and okay. put them in a book and just sat them on a shelf instead of having. Like, all these cases just, like, balloon out oh, of control. Yeah, they take up so much space. For people who have the real estate, awesome. If you can build a treasure trove, man cave, toy cave, yeah. awesome. Like, I've got a friend I am not in that. I am not in that position. Yeah, I've got I a can't. friend. His man cave is, is, like, a home theater in his basement. And, uh, gosh, he's probably got to have 3,000 DVDs. Like, And cool, uh, it probably you know? looks amazing. It does. Yeah, you know? cool. It looks cool. Uh, until, until it doesn't. You know, right, right, and I got right. to the point where it didn't anymore, and I was like, okay, I, I just retired from doing it. The whole point of this is, like, even me, as the curmudgeon who loves, like, grew up watching videotapes and watching DVDs and watching wrestling DVDs and tapes, even I had to cop out and say, all right, streaming is the way to go. If you could watch it on YouTube, if you could watch it with a subscription you're just better off doing it that way instead of having to go through all the machinations of trying to put this in into this thing that might not even be outdated and not and and try to be searching for something that you could just easily find by tapping on your phone or some shit um and aw i'm pretty sure has this in mind um if they wind up getting a media deal with warner time warner discovery uh for their new television contract Next year, it would make a lot of sense to put it in there with HBO Max. A lot of people were also talking about it because there was talk that Discovery Plus was going to get merged with HBO Max, but then they went back on that. Mm. So, a lot of people were thinking, okay, HBO Max is going to become like the hub for Time Warner Discovery, all things streaming, and they're going to redirect all the customers there to try to blow up their subscribers. This The time is now to put AEW on there and all their li- library. Here's my opinion. They're a year away. If they have one more year of content, I think they could do it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I fair. don't think they have enough content. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they've got 20 years of Ring of Honor, but, like, I don't know that that's going to drive people to subscribe. The people who are hard up for Ring of Honor stuff already have Honor Club. I already you know. joked I joked about this on main event. If they got Impact's library, I think they could pull it off. Yeah, I mean, then you're looking at, like, another 20 years of stuff, and... You got even honestly bigger names because you you can advertise Hulk Hogan on there. You can advertise Kurt Angle. You can advertise. I mean, I guess you already have Sting, but Booker T. Like a lot of you know big names to casual mm-hmm. fans. Right, right, and yeah. I mean, remember they had a Bound for Glory show where the main event was Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, <clears throat> and five years later that was a title match at WrestleMania. Yeah, no, you're no, right. so like so things change over time, and you know like. I, I don't know necessarily if that's something that Tony really... I don't know how fond Tony is of TNA. I know how fond he is of ECW. Yeah. And right. the NWA, but, like, I don't know about that. So, I don't really know what his mindset is on that. If Jeff Jarrett had a call, I think he'd try to pull it off. But, um, but that's neither here nor there. Like, long story short, uh, they have a lot of, like, ancillary content that they could use if they wanted to with Ring of Honor. But... I don't know. I think maybe AEW is still like keeping the cards on the table to right. say, you know, maybe we're not ready yet. Right. And you I know, mean, they might be waiting on their TV renewal deal too as well. 
Who knows? Wait for that to... That's uh, what, this year? Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, what you said about this? The, the oh, TV, so TV renewal. It's very, very close. It yeah. would be... So they got their, they got their TV contract signed in um, early 2020 because the first four months or three months was basically like a trial period. Mm-hmm. Then they got the TV deal in January of 2020, and that was four years. So January 2024 would be when the deal is up. Okay. But you have to expect, just like WWE would be in the spring of this coming year, even though their rights don't expire until October of 24, they're going to negotiate now to get it done. Right, and, and that's what I'm saying is maybe they're in, in we're focusing on those negotiations, yeah, because uh, that's going to be be a bigger uh, like stream. Maybe they'll pick so. back the streaming idea or the over the top platform idea with the announcement of the new negotiation of the new deal. It's possible, but it, it might be again, like you said, it might have just been a Hollywood exec on cocaine just flipping <laughs> it, like saying, "Oh yeah, we got it." Like, because wasn't there a <coughs> excuse me that came out saying where that someone there was a Hollywood exec talking about uh, the power slap thing, because of the controversy about that. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of it. I'm so glad that's a failure, man. Well, anyways, somebody mentioned that the reason why they put put it on after AEW, and I think the quote that came out is, AEW does does bananas ratings or something like that. Hmm. Interesting. Which is hilarious, because, you know, you want to put things into perspective. Let's put things into perspective. (laughs) So Dynamite does right about a million. Raw and SmackDown do about two million viewers. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many viewers the Super Bowl had? Yeah, a <laughs> hundred and thirteen million. Yeah, and that's like, in they the talk US. about man, it was a point four demo. That's strong. That's great. The NFL, the Super Bowl, had a thirty-eight point two. Jeez, man. <laughs> Eighteen to forty-nine rating. That's that's better than awesome. But uh, I just wonder, the, like, who are the people that were home on Sunday night watching TV but not watching the Super Bowl? Because even non-football fans watch the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Right, right. I mean, I, I, like, we were just talk, joking about Rihanna. Like, we need. I don't think we talked about the game. You know, yeah, right. and it was it was a great game. Great game. You know, yeah. Pat, Patrick Mahomes. I'll say it again: the John Cena of pro football. Hmm. You can beat him, but you can't kill him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, I love the game. Like, because I don't really have a dog in the fight. I said to to a buddy, I just want to see a ton of points, and I got it. So that's what you got. <laughs> yep, so. Um, but yeah, uh, again, put a rib, put a bow on that. Like, there's not much to this streaming thing, and I think that rumor is going to kind of recirculate every couple months. It's going to be like, oh, maybe I, not. I think you know? I think like you said, I think a recommitment will be the part that comes first. And I think the reason why it always blurbs out is because Tony. Khan doesn't like he doesn't really give corporate speak answers he does answer questions sometimes mm. uh, and so people take it and run with it because they're so used to like decades of Vince McMahon and you know on yeah, quarterly but calls he'll talk like, to like Robbie Fox and and Brandon Walker and right. Ariel Wa- well not anymore Brandon but- Walker <laughs> was that is that the name of uh, Chris Harris when he went to WWE uh, WWE Brandon Brandon Walker yes Braden Walker baby knock knock who's there Braden Walker. <laughs> that was ECW. Jesus Christ. Oh God. But um, but um, yeah, you're right. Like Tony is not afraid to like go on those press scrums and really answer the tough questions, unless it's about the all-out brawl out. That's the one where he's like tight-lipped. Right. But and also, I do think he's good at keeping some secrets. There's a lot of negotiations that 
we hear about involving like them and AAA. Like I don't know if you heard that story where AAA they were mad at them about the fact that Dragon Lee basically got the deal with NXT and he and AAA put him over. And now they're supposedly trying to patch it up, uh, Conan and and uh, the AW brass. Well, you haven't heard anything about that on camera. It's not. I don't think Tony Khan sits there and lips off about every single thing that he talks about. So, but when he starts kind of spilling some beans, I do wonder because I'm a paranoid person myself. I do wonder if a little bit of it is paranoia. Like he was really going off about, man, there's all this tampering and there's bots on the internet trying to like kill our social media and like there's pe- like WWE is calling all of my people under contract and we are in a full-scale war. Like like it is like doom and gloom when you talk to this guy. <laughs> you know, I think the bots comment was obviously wrong, but man, if you go on Twitter, there is a weird subset, and I don't, I don't, not all WWE fans are like this, but there is this weird sect of WWE loyalists that like devote their entire Twitter persona to trashing anything not WWE. It's bizarre. It's yeah. a bizarre character trait to have. Th- th- thanks, Elon. But yeah, right. <laughs> right? He was sitting with Rupert Murdoch in a skybox. Yeah, I know. That uh, was the greatest villain reveal I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, like, um, yeah, Twitter is somewhere where I really don't like to reply. And when I do, I do it privately. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got to start. I delete a lot like, of Like, I'm going to be honest. Like, people shit on Sean Sapp and John Alba and um, you name Conrad. I feel bad for these people because, like, they will just ask the most casual thing. They'll be like, you're a fucking hater. Even the Ryan Satins of the world that, like, are employed through WWE and they sort of do, like, a lot of WWE-sponsored stuff. You know, I don't think they – I don't think they enjoy living their life in persecution, (laughs) you know? Sean Rossap is is an exception. That guy's a – did you know I'm blocked by him on Twitter? No, I did not. I, 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 uh, I only found out because our good friend Greg Phillips, like, retweeted something in, and like I couldn't see it. I'm like, that's weird. And I clicked on it, and it was a Sean Rossap tweet, and it says you're blocked by this person. So the only like, ones I ever got blocked by was the Movie Academy because every time they showed like a post of some movie that they never nominated, I would reply back, "That's a great." What a wonderful tweet from this great movie. Did you nominate for Best Picture? Oh, wait, no, you didn't. <laughs> so, like, with Sean Ross Sapp, I, like, went back and I'm like, did I at him or something? And, like, I read through my tweets. I never did. I made one joke tweet, and it was when MJF, uh, something about MJF with, like, the airplane thing. Yeah. And I said, uh, get ready, guys. Sean Ross Sapp is about to start screaming that he didn't get worked. And I didn't even at him. I just typed his name out. So that means he vanity searched his own name, like typed his own name into Twitter and started finding like tweets like mine, and it was just blocking anyone who said. To be fair, he, to be fair, he did get worked. He did. <laughs> he got worked. That's and amazing. I don't know. And he doesn't. Now let me tell you, he does get the scoops. Like I, I still have his Patreon. I like it. I enjoy having like I enjoy knowing which agents did whatever thing. It is hilarious because, like, when it comes to Dynamite, he will not get too many scoops. This is what I'm trying to say about Tony Khan. Like, he doesn't get too many scoops. They usually keep a lot of things in-house. 
uh, when it comes to the format of the show. When it comes to Raw, I literally know every segment of Raw and SmackDown about yeah, an hour. You sent me something a couple weeks ago, and it was like basically the whole script for Raw before it was even on. So, like, someone's leaking it purposefully, right? Like for buzz. Right. For the internet fans, like, but in AEW, maybe because they know they've won the internet fans over, that they don't need to like throw olive branches of information out there to yeah, the to the insiders to say, hey, you might want to keep an eye out for this. Like, yeah, may, maybe that's the reason. But I I do think AEW's done a better job of not leaking as many things out. Um, but you do have a point with Tony where it's like I think he lips off just a little bit too much because he's too he gets a little too cash. Like he gets into these interviews and he just starts saying, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, uh, we got, we created a war with WWE and it's like, I wouldn't tug on Superman's cape. Like I would just kind of just stay in my lane and just keep doing my show and have blinders on and not worry about what the competition's doing. I do understand why Tony feels that way because I think WWE does do a lot to try to like go to every turn to screw AEW. I do believe that. You know, but yeah. I don't think fans want to hear that. I think a lot of fans would rather they say, like, oh, we just want to focus on doing the best version of our show. When the truth is, like, competition is, in, in 2023 wrestling, competition is very real. Very real. Andrew, you know what I think the best version of our show is? What's that? One with questions. <laughs> we got a few this time. We do. We do. You know, we had that one episode where we were kind of questionless, and I felt like... I felt like a Darby Allen match without a sickening, life-threatening bump. You know, like, yes, we did it, but at what price? Like, <laughs> and this is us wearing the thumbtack cover jacket. Yeah, like, very, we're going all in. I've got thumbtack covered headset on right now. <laughs> Excuse me. All right, we've got some questions, Andrew. Andrew, first, we'll stick with Tony Khan. The rumor going around is that Tony Khan has put CM, Con- CM Punk's contract on ice. Which wrestler do you think would fare best at Wrestlers on Ice? <laughs> Dante Martin. The only problem with high flyers is that the higher you go in figure skating, the harder it is to stick the landing. Mm, gotcha. So you got to you got to think of the science of it. So I was thinking, I was thinking of the science of it, and that's why my answer is the goon. The actual <laughs> hockey player. <laughs> like he's got to be the best one, right? He's a hockey player. Or just something big that just doesn't move much. Like a Zamboni. Oh, so Omas? <laughs> like, well, he, here's the thing. Like, you got the... Hmm. What about Hornswoggle? Ooh. Okay. You got the short legs. Lower center of gravity. Low center of gravity. Gonna be... I don't know. I mean, but, you think... But, okay. So if you've ever been up close at a hockey game, like at an ice arena, they've got the boards. And so, like, mm-hmm. could you see him if you were in the front row? Like, would he be... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, listen, like, it, if you're, this is a stupid question, if you're a goalie, do you have to be a good skater? Uh, I guess you wouldn't, huh? I don't know, I mean, you gotta get out sometimes, I mean, right? you have to be able to get back on your feet quickly, at least. <laughs> right, 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 you, know? you gotta at least be able to adjust, like, I'm trying to figure out if being a good skater is necessary on ice. <laughs> This is how stupid this question is. <laughs> Do you have to be a good ice skater to be good? You at have ice to understand, dude. You, you let me tell you. I'm sure you. I'm sure in your neck of the woods in Michigan, like you've seen ice rinks a number of times. Sure. Detroit wet rinks have won a million Stanley Cups. Yeah, we have a garden. I, like I have a little bit of a tiny town garden. So I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna lie to you. 
I have seen snow maybe four times in my life. Oh, wow. Okay. So I went to a birthday party for Carson's friend, and they had a hockey rink. Mm -hmm. I showed up in a shirt and jeans. (laughs) I had no idea how cold a hockey rink was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's like that cold that like sticks to your flesh. Yes, and like even even the artificial rinks. I was like stunned. I was like, "Oh my god. Is this what Michigan is like all the time?" Okay, let me tell you about <laughs> Michigan. So, we went on a winter retreat with our student group at our church uh in January up in northern Michigan. They have a thing called broom ball around here. Okay. It's uh like a, a, like a, you play it on the ice. Um they had a small uh, ice rink, and you basically get brooms and like kind of like smaller than a soccer ball, and it's sort of like hockey, but you got to like you just push around. You don't have skates; you just run around on the ice. Okay. And uh, a lot of the students were just like on there, like like you said, in t-shirts and jeans, but they're we're used to it up here, I guess. Yeah. So. Oh man, I, I I'm not. It's like when hurricanes happen. I think I told Steve Willie. I said, Steve, one day I think I might just move to Chicago because like <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired of the heat. I'm tired of the hurricanes. Yeah. I just want to go somewhere where it's cold all the time. And then I see like actually cold weather, and I'm like, eh, I'm fine where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. So I, I will say that about Michigan, we've got cold winters, but we don't have hurricanes. We don't have tornadoes much. We have a couple. Um. I think I think I read an article once like that if a zombie apocalypse were to happen, Michigan is like one of the best places to survive because we have so much natural water too. Like, they would just slip all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we just freeze freeze the ground and the zombies. Like supposed like down. supposedly one of the one of these objects that they shot down they can't find it because it was on a, over a frozen lake. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, like, for, so when it thaws, it goes in the water and it's just gonna like stay there forever, like Captain America. Yep, the dissolve. <laughs> that, that's how Captain Planet is. <laughs> his, his villain arc starts. <laughs> no, but, I, I would love the idea. Like we've seen everything with wrestling. We've seen the we've seen them wrestle in Stu Hart's basement. We've seen them wrestle in a kennel. Yeah. We've seen them wrestle in the back of a pickup truck. Yeah. Like we can see them wrestle in an ice rink, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh. I wonder if that's happened before. I feel like it's had to have, right? It has somewhere. Been, some it point. has happened. Okay, we're gonna have to research that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next question. Everyone's been talking about visa issues lately. Lately, with wrestlers who live abroad not being able to work in the United States. Andrew, simple question: If the issue is visa issues, why don't <laughs> why don't these wrestlers just switch to Mastercard or Discover? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. So. <laughs> <laughs> All credit goes to me. <laughs> Good punchline, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, this is actually happening. So one of the reasons we're not seeing the Lucha Brothers and um, Bandito, and this is actually going on across the board, and I don't know what's going on. Um, it might have to do with the illegal alien stuff, is that they, um, they, a lot of visas are not getting renewed. Yeah. Like, a lot of people are just having trouble getting back over the States. Yep. Yep. I don't know why. Don't have don't have too much information about it. Yeah, uh, great time to start a house show, Circuit Tony. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andrew, which wrestling story involving a door being kicked in created more meaningless speculation? The All Out Brawl Out, or the spot between J.C. Jane and G- is it Gigi or Gigi Dolan? Gigi Dolan on NXT. I saw the clip of that. This is weird. I don't understand. So why Mandy Rose's old pals, right? Yes, from Toxic Attraction, they broke them up. 
and there was a door for like like a phony Pee Wee's Playhouse door for this segment, and Gigi gets turned on by J.C. Jane. So Gigi's like the sympathetic face in this one who gets turned on. Okay. She falls. T- she she gets hit towards the door, but so this is so this is so stupid. I can't believe I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> they were not sure which way the door was supposed to open, whether it's inward or outward. <laughs> So when Gigi was getting slammed into it, it was it supposed it opens inward, and they kept pushing it as if it was supposed to go outward with ease, and it didn't. So Gigi like banged up her face really bad. Yeah, well, if you watch the clip, like she got stiff. She like kicked her in the face, right? Yeah, and she was like legit. Like (laughs) it was kind of interesting. Her response was like actively weeping, like crying like a child. Yes, which I think that should be. I think more male wrestlers should sell that way. And the reason why I said that for the all-out one is that the story is that the the Bucks and Kenny basically broke the door down. Yeah. And that when the door broke down, it hit the it hit the dog and Do you broke. You think its they teeth. kicked a steel in the face, thinking the door was going to push open, but it had to pull? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really what this Jordan. Whole let's don't was. be don't Jordan. Do not do not lie. We have all had that moment where we thought the door goes the other way and we oh, ran yeah. right in. Everybody oh, yeah. laughs, yeah. especially a glass door. There's, have you seen I Think You Should Leave on Netflix? I've seen a few of them. It's really, really funny. There's one where he does like a job interview, and they're like out to eat, and he gets up to leave, and he goes to push the door, but it was a pull. And he, like, he looks at the guy. He goes, oh, I think you're supposed to move. He goes, no, you push it open. And he like forces it open and like pulls it off the door hinges. There is this one sketch I've always shown my friends uh, to try to get them to watch it. It's the hot dog car sketch and it's so freaking <laughs> It's become a meme on the internet yeah. but it's so good. Like yeah, he's funny great. as hell. He yeah. was with uh, Andy Samberg in them but Gigi Dole by the way uh, fun fact was married to Darby Allen and got a divorce. Who was? Gigi oh, yeah, Dole. yeah. yeah. She's also yep. the one that famously uh, on the indie scene. The tampon yeah. spot. Yes. Yep. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Yes. But listen, like, that was just dumb. Like, we didn't know the door was supposed to open the wrong <laughs> way. Like, really? Are, are we arguing about this? Oh, she accidentally got injured. All right. Right. Get over it. Um, next question is uh, the Dark Order uh, has, we talked about them briefly earlier in the show with John Silver. Dark Orders is resorted to asking pretty much anyone in AEW to join their stable. They're just trying to get anybody to be a part of it. Yeah, they, like, they asked Yuka Zakazaki. Yeah. Um, who would have to be invited in order to officially declare that Dark Order has jumped the shark? And you can't uh, count Evil Uno as one of the... Ryan Nemeth. Hmm. If Ryan Nemeth's in Dark Order, I might have to stop. Like, let me right ask you this. When the, when the NWO expanded, at what point did you as a fan, even in the 90s, say to yourself, I'm going to done with this? <laughs> um. Okay, let me think. So we had, like... Horace? Who? <laughs> Horace Hogan? Horace was really bad, yeah. Probably, like, in that 98. Because I think... Even when they, they got a little bloated, but it was... Actually, you know what was a really bad moment? It was when Dusty Rhodes joined it for no reason. Oh my God! Early '98. Yeah. Or yeah, really early '98. Like just yep. pointless. Pointless. Um, like here's the thing with Dark Order. It's it's a symbol. It's a symbol for Brody Lee. Mm-hmm. You never want Brody Lee's memory to ever, even kayfabe wise, be taken away. I don't think the Dark Order should ever go away. But 
is there a point? Have we reached a point of saturation? With My answer is Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. Like I, you know, Silver and Reynolds as a tag team is fine. We could do it that way too. Um, you know, I maybe they can be a trio with Evil Luna. Uh, but like, I just, I just wonder if maybe we can find an end game for this angle, but not have it be like. A, a fan backlash of oh you're retconning everything Brody Lee did kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, that's what I worry about. All right, uh, Andrew, we want to coin a phrase. Uh, so let's say there's an AEW wrestler who competes on Dark Elevation, Dark Dynamite, and Rampage all in the same televised week. What do we call that? The Quattro. The Quattro. That was a <laughs> thought that I had. Yeah. Yeah, um, the Quattro, my just like the Ocho. My would be the Con. Like the, the, he went full Con on this one. K H A N. I don't know why. <laughs> I full Con. So I'll tell you one who almost did it. Brian Cage almost did it. I want to say. I'm sure there's a few that I'm not thinking of that have done it. I feel it. like I have... Rampage is pro- Rampage and Dynamite is probably the tough one because. And then remember that somebody works both. And remember, if you do Rampage Battle of the Belts back to back, that's five. Oh, that's like... the Cinco, baby. <laughs> And remember, Pac almost did it because Pac had rampage had a rampage match, and then immediately had to wrestle Tremperetta on Battle of the Belts. Yep. So it's it's not easy to pull off. But the the whole point is like it is not easy to have a dynamite match, but be on a level where like you might you you would be considered on dark and on dark elevation. Not trying to disrespect but those shows, but those are jobber shows. That's enhancement shows. We do see, like, Takeshita. We see Kenny Omega sometimes on Dark. You know, but it's very rare. So that, that was my only point. And if, they, and if those acts do Dynamite, the idea that they're going to do Rampage is laughable. I don't remember the last time MJF even was on Rampage. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we talked earlier how they've kind of already forgot about it. They did put the Elite on there for a match. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know. It wasn't even advertised that much, but... No, it, it was their first title defense was how they advertised it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we've got... Uh, I think we're going to do three more of these. Okay. Um, Andrew, who who wore proof of your pants? Earlier 2000s Lita, Grandmaster Sexay, or Dr. Britt Baker in her street clothes? Dude, Dr. Britt Baker has the baggiest pants. Yeah. Did you see the Lita bag- came back to Raw like a week ago? Uh, I heard about it. Yeah. Apparently she's I, I like Becky Lynch's friend. So was know. this the famous... Becky Lynch Bailey Cage match that they did not even have, like they didn't even have time for it. it so they like it must have been because I they I, literally had a cage hovering over the ring for that Raw special and they ran out of time and they didn't do the match. Yeah. It must have been because most of my WWE viewing is like Twitter clips and I saw Lita run. I can't remember who she attacked, but it was a cage. So yeah, it had to be like it had to be Bailey's. Squad of girls, like yes. Dakota Kai, and <laughs> which Dakota Kai needs to like eat something. She looks really small. And now Lita, when she was with Team Extreme, now she had some cool baggy. She had the kind of baggy pants I wanted to wear when I was a kid. Yeah, you know. And Grandmaster Sexy looked like the guy. I don't know what too those were. To pull it off. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's Brian Lawler. Gotta say, shout out to Jerry Lawler. He suffered a stroke. He did get a he did get a um shout out from JR Chris Jericho on Rampage. Mm, you know. Cool. Uh so hopefully I mean supposedly this is a pretty bad one. So um 
might be the end for like seeing Jerry and commentary and such, yeah. but just uh, hopefully he has a good recovery. Uh, but uh, it, yeah, Doctor Britt Baker wears very very poofy pants. Yeah, I think I'd go with her. I I can't picture uh, Grandmaster Sexy's. Like I can picture that style at that time, but I can't picture him. Not that I want like, to. Like, should know? there be a should there be a dress code in pro wrestling? Uh, and no, because they got to wear their own merch at least. You see, like the thing is, like we're in an era now where, like the in sports, the walk up is big. Yeah. For fact. Oh yeah. Like Especially the NBA. Kyle, Kyle Kuzma has the dumbest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, Russell Westbrook's pretty bad. Um. But it's at least inventive. Like, at least they're, like, trying to, like, make a fashion statement. Did you see Whereas, the, like, uh, at yeah. the Super Bowl, the clone of Damar Hamlin had an interesting jacket on? No. Yeah. No. By the way, people think that, that that he's a clone. He's not. Like, there is a, a larger than, I'd like to admit, group of people that believe Damar Hamlin is dead. And uh, they cloned him. <sighs> I don't, part, I, I don't even know where to go with the that. The best part, there's two tweets that I saw. I, Andrew, I'm in the wrong Twitter circles, man. Uh, <laughs> the, the two sets of tweets I saw was one person said, like, put a picture of him like, look at him here and look at him here. And he has like a fresh tattoo on his hand. Remember that theory we that all the wrestling fans thought that the Ultimate Warrior was actually dead? Yeah. And that they had Kerry Von Erich portray the warrior yeah. or something like that? Yeah. So, so there's one where the lady, like, posted a set of Damar Hamlin from like three weeks ago and then a new one where he's got a tattoo on his hand. They're like, uh, explain this. And someone wrote, he got a tattoo. <laughs> and then there's another one where he's got like a, he must be from Pittsburgh. It looks like the Pittsburgh Pirates logo, like the P. He's yeah, he that, played a, he played a pit. Okay, so he's got that tattooed like on his neck and some mm-hmm. guy posted that and then he posted a picture from the Super Bowl. He goes, look, it's not even there. And in the picture, you can't see it. And then in the comments, he posts another picture, and you can see it. And everyone's like, bro, it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not gotten into that uh, that neck of the woods of the internet. So anyways, woods. he was, I don't know, wow. he had some weird jack. But yeah, so yeah, fashion's become a thing, but uh, yeah, poofy pants. Right. Not, not a fan. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, let's go to, speaking of fashion, Stokely Hathaway confronted the elite on a basketball court while wearing full formal attire. Andrew, have you ever played basketball in dress shoes? This is a very specific question that I wrote because the answer is yes. I have worn dress. Here's what happened. Is it possible to not travel? Like, you just slide? Okay, okay. So I I have, like, shoes from when I was in the ROTC. And, you know, because once you get to a certain age, your feet don't grow. Sure. You know? If you're a ten and a half, you're a ten and a half for life. And so, like, the, so I had them all the time. And I remember I had to go to a function where I had to wear, like, attire. I really wanted to play basketball. But I did not have my tennis shoes. So, I was, there was was no, there was no, like, uh, onlookers or anything. And I played with uh, some a couple people, and they didn't have a problem with it. And I wore, I played a basketball game in dress shoes (laughs) dude let me tell you something first of all the amount of black that you leave behind on the court is hilarious it it looked like i outlined a body Uh, (laughs) (laughs) number one it can be done but number two your feet 
absolutely hate you for weeks after that. It, it is I not bet. fun. Yeah. But it can't... Yeah, long story short, yes, it can. The thing is, too, a lot of these uh, different functions that you go to, like uh, weddings and whatever, and graduations, a lot of them happen on basketball court gyms. So you might have different types of ones, because if it's the type of shoes with tuxedos that you rent for prom or whatever, they're really slick and slippery. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of them, you might, it might not be hard at all when you pivot. It might just be like... You might be slipping, sliding all over the place, yeah. you know, so it just depends on what type of a shoe. I had a military shoe, which has a very hard, like, bottom, so right. mine was, like, the real thing. Mine's the kind where I jumped, and I, when I jumped for a rebound and I landed, it sounded like a car crash. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like the start of Mick Foley's But I saw Stokely Hathaway walk, walk out there, I'm like, I cannot believe they, that the people in this gym are letting him walk on the court with trash shoes. <laughs> I couldn't believe I was like, wow. Uh, and then that was also the segment where Isaiah Cassie moaned in Kenny Omega's ear yeah. because Kenny, I guess Kenny doesn't. <laughs> no, I'm not going there. <laughs> uh, to answer the question, I have never done that. Um, I have, I used to play pickup ba- basketball like weekly at this one place, and there was always this one guy who would play in like work boots and okay. in a baseball hat, which always bothered me like, I don't know. It just feels like it would affect your jump shot, sort of. Like, yeah, but remember too, if you like get too, if you get really close to the guy, like you can just kick their shin. And they'll true. never do it again. True, true, exactly. <laughs> uh, and we got one more question. We'll get out of here. All right. Uh, Darby Allen, as we mentioned a couple times already, he wore the jacket entirely covered in thumbtacks. Andrew, have you or your significant other, we're both married, so have you or uh, or your wife ever tried acupuncture therapy? Or walked in a bed of nails? And if so, what's your experience? Uh, never done either. Okay. I would I would do acupuncture, would you? I would try it. I'm at a point with Kyra I'm a, I'm at the point where my body where like if I if I watch if I'm sitting in bed for too long and I get up and walk around and it starts <laughs> yeah. I, it's stiff my back stiffens and I yeah. start getting muscle spasms. So yeah. I'm at a point in my life where I'm just looking for any kind of relief gotcha. for my body. If it means having to go through weird holistic means, go for there it. There is a place <laughs> by my house, and they have a big sign about acupuncture and, like, like lasers, treatment, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I want to try it, but I also don't want to because they also advertise massage, and I think... I think it's that kind of massage, you know what I mean? Okay, so, so like, I don't want to go in there and get acupuncture, and then the what about the bed of nails? Place. Even like very quickly, like trying to like glide off of it. Have you ever tried that? Tried what? The bed of nails? Uh, walk walk on a bed of nails? I've like never go walked across on them, it. but like I've been in like like at touristy spots. I've been in like touristy spots where like can lay on the bed of nails, and I've laid oh, on them before. No, 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 no. I don't know about that one. It it it's it's not it's not comfortable, but it's not painful. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I, but, I mean, here's the thing with Darby. Like, first of all, like, if you watch it, his back is scratched across the board. Oh, like, yeah. it he's is a, like, he's a lunatic. He is absolutely nuts. Like, it, like, he had trouble even trying. Here's what, I remember what happened. He was trying to put the jacket back on to give Joe the, um, the, the coffin drop. drop. Yeah. But he, it was so covered in tacks, he couldn't even re like realign it just to open the pockets to get the sh- thing on. He's like, "Fuck it!" He just tied it around himself, <laughs> put tacks on it. He's insane. He's <laughs> insane. That's what I think is gonna make 
and act like him so endearing and also make matches like that one you said was your favorite so memorable because right. you watch that and you're like man that dude just that like that dude's Foles. a lunatic that dude's crazy but he gave everything he could to make that thing entertaining yeah you know yeah all right well that's about it for tonight um we're in a weird spot. We've been talking about this, I think, for like two or three episodes now. We're like, there's nothing like to really sink our teeth into story-wise, but the wrestling's just it, it always delivers. So like, I never regret watching the show. Yeah, and, and unlike WWE and AEW, we uh, they do not truly hate each other right now. Right. Yeah. So we'll be back in a couple weeks, Andrew. Uh, we'll have a full preview of Revolution. Uh, I'm convinced we'll have at least three matches to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing, I, I, here's the thing: I don't know if it's going to top the Revolution from the year before. Yeah. I mean, it could. We we already did the pay per view Eliminator with Steve, but like, I'm sure it could be better than the other some other versions that they had. I mean, there's only been three, but we'll see. Right. You know, we'll we, maybe we'll have to harken back and see. Uh, try to remember how good that first round was. I mean, it certainly, was. like, is going to make or break the main event. I mean, it's an hour-long match. You know, that's... It's going to be hard. And we said this on the show, like, timing out the show is going to be very important because when you have a one-hour Ironman match, you are blocking out a very... a large portion, a quarter to a third of the entire show. Well, for it's tricky for match. me because, like, I don't know if... <laughs> tell me if you're with me here. Like, I don't see any scenario where, where Brian Danielson wins. Like, I feel like... MGF retaining is pretty much a foregone conclusion. So I, to I watch for an that. hour and already pretty much know what's going to happen, that's that's a tough sell. I think the intrigue will be how does he get out of this one? Right. Yeah. Like, like what's the final the score? You know, like yeah, like that. But I I do think Paige Moxley is quite possible. Adam Cole will have his return match. Yep. Um, yep. something involving. Who do you think, do you think his return starts. match will be? Do you think it'll just be like a setup guy, like a nice? Easy, thing or I wonder if it'll be Ray Phoenix. Okay. If he if they can get him back, yeah. But yeah, like yeah. If, they, if he can get that MasterCard. So somebody <laughs> get the man a diner's club card right yeah. now. <laughs> get him in the mile high club so yeah, that he can right. fly back. Right. <laughs> oh gosh. But yeah, um we'll be back in a couple weeks. We'll talk about all things revolution and we'll be uh also watching some stuff next week as well. We're going to be doing a live watch of the Go Home show from last year's Revolution, which had some yes. matches. So if you they want to watch along stuff. with us, you can. Um, we'll we'll put out that YouTube link in next week's uh, show breakdown. And uh, Viva La France will be uh, watching it from from France. You know. Yes, um, I mean it's 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 our favorite. It's the only export we can rely on these days since we've shut down. You know, Russia and China. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Send the Cause balloons. Because they, they keep sending balloons, spy <laughs> balloons, and they keep sending, like, tanks over to yeah, us. They keep what? trying to send spy balloons to France, but it pops in the Eiffel Tower. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Andrew, uh, for all the people here at the North-South Connection, uh, as always, we like to thank uh, our people who let us keep doing this every couple of weeks. I'll be honest, man. Uh, I'm a pretty flaky guy, so to be doing, you know, 38, 39, headed into 40 episodes, <coughs> which translates into 80 weeks, uh, it's a pretty fun accomplishment. I'm glad to still be doing this with you. So, Oh, absolutely. And as Boris Johnson always says, translate that bull dipshit.
Sunny afternoon. 